Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sinead Says Podcast. This week we have a bonus episode where you guys write in your questions and we get a therapist from BetterHelp to come and answer them. So we're so excited to have Melissa back on the podcast. Melissa Humelt is a licensed therapist, a senior clinical operations manager at BetterHelp. Melissa has clinical experience in anxiety, relationship distress, self-esteem, depression, substance use, and life transitions for all people. And she's here to answer some of your questions from this week. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've dealt with guilt or a mistake and you're really struggling with it internally and you don't know how to navigate it, I highly recommend some therapy. Obviously, you know that I'm with BetterHelp and BetterHelp have been sponsoring this podcast itself. Um, But you can also get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp with the code betterhelp.com slash Sinead. That's betterhelp.com slash Sinead. And if you're going through these emotions of guilt, shame, please know that there is ways to navigate this through therapy and help. So don't be afraid to sign up. Uh, hello, Melissa. How are you this week? Really well. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me back. It's it's great to be back. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to keep it short and sweet. And we're going to talk into the topics. So this week we had a little bit of talking around on the podcast itself. We did things like cheating and mistakes. And I had a lot of listener questions um, about guilt of mistakes. And there was people that had lost friends and lost people in the making of their mistake. They obviously seem very remorseful and they feel really guilty from this mistake. I'm not 100% sure on the mistake that these people are talking about, but they obviously feel really remorseful. How do we come back from this feeling of guilt? And is there any way we can make amends with ourselves and make amends with other people when we are feeling this remorseful? Yeah, these are great questions because I think guilt is just so hard to sit with. It's hard to see and think about ourselves in that way that we did something wrong and that maybe we are something wrong. I think that's where guilt can kind of turn into shame where it becomes more of like, this is who I am and not just like I messed up and this was my poor choice or my poor behavior. And so, yeah, it's it's tough to feel like we disappointed somebody, we disappointed ourselves and feeling remorseful is definitely an important part of this journey. I think kind of recognizing what we did and owning it is a really big piece of that. And it can be really tough to like kind of look at ourselves and look at what we did and be honest about how it impacted somebody. Yeah. Just starting there, like I kind of want to throw it back to you. Like, have you ever had an opportunity to kind of look at stuff and be uncomfortable with kind of owning your part in it and kind of being honest with yourself about what happened and why you made decisions. And I guess just trying to validate and normalize that this part of the step steps here is it, it's, it's really difficult to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. And I think as well, like when I, when I was learning about guilt myself, cause obviously like if I'm researching topics of the podcast, I think guilt was such a, um, a topic that came up. And when you look at the definition of guilt, like guilt is, basically going against one of your standards and that you feel guilty because you've held yourself accountable to a certain standard and you broke that standard and you have to understand that guilt plays such a vital part I think 
because the people that don't feel guilty are the people that do it over and over and over again. And it's because of the standard and goal you have set for yourself and you've made a mistake and then you feel this guilt inside your body and this guilt inside your body is there as an action signal in order to tell you to not do that again. So if you're feeling guilty, it's there for a reason. It's there to help you hold you to your highest standard and help you be a better person because I just think sometimes guilt can be so like demonized like the feeling of guilt but even in such a small way like if you have if you sit down and set goals with yourself and it could be goals for the gym it could be goals for maybe starting a business and let's just say you don't do some research for your business or you don't do something towards that goal like the feeling of guilt arises within us and that's because we've set ourselves a higher standard. There's people that don't set themselves in standard. There's people that don't feel guilty if they don't go to the gym, if they feel guilty, if they don't, you know, work on themselves. And that's the people that are not getting as far as what you're getting because the feeling of guilt is arising in you because you've set yourself a goal and a standard to be at. But I think like what's hard about this question is that when someone makes a mistake, it's very hard especially for some people to see them as a person that made a mistake rather than a bad person. You know what I mean? And I think as well, separating the two. Yeah. And I feel like myself included, like, you know, you've done things when you were really young and they made you feel like a bad person and made you feel shame. And even on my self love, self worth journey, you had to address the shame that you felt and it was unconscious even like, you know, for doing a bad thing. Like, you know, like when you're younger and you do something with your friends, like you steal a keyring from the local shop and you like label yourself as a bad person. But in fact, all you really were was someone who wanted to be liked and you wanted to be validated by your friends. So you just did something. And mm-hmm. it's all about like someone who needs validated and someone who's lack of self-love. So I think like if you are feeling like guilty or shame, like have a look and see where that came from. Because more than likely if you've made a mistake whether it be against your relationship or your friends it's usually because it's just someone who wants to be loved and adored and doesn't know how to get it would I be right yeah yeah I think so I think you make a good point that like the purpose that guilt serves is it's kind of an indicator to us that what I did isn't in line with what I value who I want to be there's like a disconnect or dissonance there and it's important that we feel guilty as you were kind of hinting at like it helps us kind of check in with ourselves like hey that wasn't cool I shouldn't do that again I need to learn from this and helps us can and also motivate us to, to change and do better and even to make amends or repairs I think one of the tricky parts about guilt is when we kind of get obsessed with it or we ruminate on it and then it becomes this bigger and bigger thing and it snowballs into something that can maybe even kind of influence that critical voice inside and make it turn into shame and and make it more about like, who am I as a person if I was capable of making this mistake versus just I made a, one mistake, everyone makes a mistake. And so, yeah, I guess my challenge and my ask to the listeners that, that might be dealing with guilt right now is like, do you ask yourself, do you need to be punished for this? You know, is that going to change the results of what has already happened? Or is the guilt that you're feeling kind of keeping you stuck um, from moving forward and from making amends, making repairs and doing something different in the future? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to do. And like they need to just come out of victim mode as well. Like in, you know, take 
responsibility for your mistake and say like genuine genuine sorries and I think as well like when you're going throughout your life I always kind of look at other people's situations and relate them to myself so for example if my friend makes a mistake nothing to do with me makes a mistake like you know in her or his life it doesn't affect me and I watch you know the pain she's going through and I watch the fact that she's still the same person she's still an amazing person like they've just made a small mistake and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person and I think we just have to like sometimes look at behavior like obviously there's a difference between behavior and character you can look at someone's character and really see this amazingness but sometimes their behavior comes from like a learned behavior like something to come from childhood that is learned and it's a way for them to learn and process and get better like I mean that's what life's all about life's all about making mistakes it's like you see them in business life relationships friends like you make mistakes and then you learn quicker and then you become so much better like all the relationships that I've been in my life have made me be in like a perfect relationship now in terms of like how we communicate and how we are because like I've made so many mistakes and my partner's made mistakes and like I don't want to make those same mistakes again so I think yeah I think like it, it is life lessons and hopefully if these people are your friends or you've lost someone through a mistake that they truly see your character and truly know that you feel remorse and that you are like a good person and sometimes you just have to remember that behavior is not and um, just because someone did a bad thing doesn't mean they're a bad person it usually comes down to I think that's the the trouble as well with when you're learning human behavior and self-development you start to know everything and learn everything about people so when they make a mistake you're like oh you did that because of this and you kind of do <laughs> you kind of can have that compassion for people but as long as like mm-hmm. the behavior is you know you've learned from the behavior and you can move on and be a better person that's different if the behavior continues and continues then that's a different that's a different ball game altogether you know mm-hmm. you can't just keep doing it as long as you learn from that mistake perfectly said mm-hmm. yeah but then I suppose that brings us on to like self-sabotage, which um, I'd like to talk about as well. I feel like, do you think when we're, I suppose, what is the definition of self-sabotage in terms of like, it's basically just, yeah, what is the definition where you would say of self-sabotage? Yeah, it's when we do something kind of against our own goals. Um, we kind of get in our own way, whether that's with, you know, like a personal goal, like trying to eat healthy or within a relationship and kind of creating a wedge, an unnecessary wedge. And this topic is so interesting because it's so common. And like on the surface, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that we would get in our own way. But when we think about it a little bit more deeply, you know, it kind of all stems from wanting to protect ourselves from getting hurt, which makes 100% sense of like wanting to avoid something uncomfortable. But certainly self-sabotaging behaviors, and we can talk a little bit more about what that looks like, it, it doesn't serve us and definitely gets in the way of having healthy relationships and reaching the kind of goals that we have it's kind of counterproductive. And then how do you, do you actually think, um, think self-sabotage comes from, you know, your past or your childhood or you think like sometimes it comes out in a same pattern? I think it can for sure. You know, we kind of learn a lot about social interactions and how we manage getting close to somebody and what that feels like and if we've been hurt in the past it would be understandable to want to avoid getting hurt again you know some people that have low self-esteem from uh, various things in their childhood can then maybe 
kind of project some of that onto their partner or their friend, you know, things like just not feeling secure in who you are or having some anxiety of some sort. So it can come from so many different places. But again, that like central piece of like wanting to protect, like trying to save ourselves before we get to a place where we're in a vulnerable spot to get hurt is kind of a common motivator for, for why these behaviors happen. And sometimes they even happen like unconsciously, like we're not even super aware of them happening as they're happening. Yeah. Or they can just like, I know from being in therapy as well myself that I didn't realize that I was self-sabotaging and in terms of, you know, my own success, because I didn't actually believe that I could be successful, if you know what I mean, because I feel like that Mm -hmm. was just my belief systems of, you know, where I was from. And like, it's just kind of like what was drilled into me. Like for me, it was just, you have to go to school, you have to go to university and then you get a job and you, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously when those things didn't happen for me in the end, I obviously was, you know, doing, you know, Instagram and social media, et cetera. But I was never really like building a business or anything like that. And when I went to therapy, I realized that I was self-sabotaging myself because of the belief system that I held for mm. my own success. I, I didn't believe that I could own my own business or be successful in, in any sort of business because I just believed people like me, you know, we just go to school and we go to uni and we get a job and we get a mortgage and we have babies and get married and that's that's it. You know, I didn't think that like there was more. So I think like diving into that in therapy is something that really woke me up because as you said, it was very, very unconscious of me to hold myself back from my success just because I believe I didn't deserve it. Mm. You get what I mean? Which is so helpful and yeah. um, such a helpful thing to get in therapy because you think you're going to therapy to sometimes deal with a breakup but you end up dealing with a whole lot more you know you feel like oh my gosh totally. yeah <laughs> you're not is that true do people just come to therapy and think it's like to help with a breakup and then it's just like dive right in you just open a book and it you know there's just so many different chapters that we go through um and, and address in therapy and so many things are intertwined and you know we've got so many different parts of our lives that we you don't just turn off our work life when we get home because you know, we're in a different spot. It's 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 just so intermingled if you think about like how we take care of ourselves and how we show up in different relationships. It's it's all interconnected. But um I'm really I'm really glad to hear that therapy was helpful for you. It sounds like kind of looking at your self-talk and those self-limiting beliefs that we get from everywhere, like the messages from like what to do, like how to become successful, those can get ingrained in us and kind of give us false direction, especially if it doesn't line up with what we know to be like true to ourselves. So sounds like you've done a lot of really great work there. And I know for many of us, we have some of those kind of similar self-limiting beliefs that hold us back in some way that that can be self-sabotaging us. Um, maybe we don't even know it. <laughs> so how can we like stop the self-sabotage? Like for me, it was obviously the awareness and being like what I needed to work on was my self-belief and the fact that I deserve like the life I desired. I think that was like a lot of work to get to that point um so how, how can we get to that point of stop self-sabotaging ourselves to believe that we can have more in our lives yeah i think you're spot on with just awareness of this because it, because it can be unconscious of course some of this can be kind of out there in the open we see it but better understanding our behavior is always helpful in kind of breaking down what's happening here where is this coming from i'm sure that will involve kind of like 
the, the thoughts and the feelings that we have that kind of influence why we behave the way that we do. So some things that can help with gaining that awareness and insight is just mindfulness practices and kind of taking a step back with kind of looking at our behavior, being really curious about why did I, why did I say that? Why did I behave in that way? Why did I choose to withdraw when I, you know, maybe could have chosen something different, kind of just being reflective and being curious with yourself and meditation, journaling, giving yourself a moment to to process and, and to think about what you're doing and what your life is looking like. And is that the kind of life that you want to keep creating in this way? Or is there something that can be changed or improved upon? So I think just kind of better understanding the mix of how are my beliefs, my thoughts, my that little self-talk voice that we have in our heads that kind of narrates and tells us stories about what we're doing and, and how we interact with people, how how that and our feelings and how our behavior are all interacting together. And then following up with that is just discipline, kind of knowing what our patterns are. And if I have a pattern of, say, I, I use the example of withdrawing, if my partner and I get in a fight, and that is my kind of go-to way of responding, you know, is that serving me? Is there something I can do different here that won't kind of like sabotage the, the the relationship? What is a healthier way? What is a different way to approach something like this? What can I try differently? How do I get support around this? So kind of noticing our patterns and, and being a little bit exploratory and kind of experiment. Can I do something different here? And what kind of results do I get? How does that make me feel? Uh, just a lot of reflection. Yeah. And like, obviously I'm a big meditation fan as well. And even things like this, like self-sabotaging and understanding, you know, all the things that you're doing. Meditation is such a great, great tool because although you don't think it's doing much, it is actually doing so much because when you start to observe your thoughts, you start to observe the patterns that you tell yourself over and over and over again. And you're starting to, if especially if you're doing whatever type of meditation that um, you're doing, it usually is telling you, good things about yourself and happy things and affirmations and you're kind of replacing those old beliefs with something new and then you become a little bit more empowered and you start to notice when you're actually putting yourself down I don't know are you a fan of meditation I know you did say that but um... absolutely yeah I think it can be so powerful our minds just kind of work on autopilot all day and that little voice is very powerful especially when it gives us a message over and over and over again for you know, for someone like me, 30 plus years. And when it's on autopilot, and we don't necessarily know that it's, it's there, we just kind of tend to believe that whatever that message is saying is true. And so meditation helps us kind of recognize what what's happening in my brain, what what am I thinking when my mind tends to wander? Um, what patterns can I pick up on? And can I challenge those thoughts? Are they true? Are they serving me? Are they productive? Are they healthy? Um, and if not, what can I reframe? How can I see things a different way? Can I be more compassionate with myself? Can I treat someone the same way that I would treat myself? Sometimes there's a, a bit of a disconnect there that we treat our friends or would say something more kind to them than, than we would for ourselves in a very similar scenario. So huge fan of meditation. I think it can be really, really powerful. It's really difficult though. And I know. definitely not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, definitely but encourage everyone to right give it a try. Teacher. They just need the right <laughs> teacher. And I'm a great teacher, I always say. Like you just need the right teacher and it'll be fine. But like one last thing I just wanted to like touch on self-sabotage was, you know, so an, a great tool I learned in therapy as well was personally as some like in relationships, I was self-sabotaging in terms of I could I wouldn't get close to anyone. Like after I had like a really bad 
breakup where I got cheated on and then the next bit of my life I you know I couldn't commit to anyone mm-hmm. I was just like everyone was just like no and I would have all these excuses for them like oh they don't read or they don't meditate or they don't they're not like me blah, blah. and like this was like sabota- self-sabotaging myself from a relationship until obviously I realized that this is an issue and then I actually went to therapy for it as well I went to therapy because you know there were these amazing people in front of me but I couldn't see it because I was mm-hmm. so hurt before and when mm-hmm. I went to therapy we kind of went through you know that my brain was trying to protect me by keeping everyone mm-hmm. at arm's length because I obviously was so hurt before so if you are someone that's been like really hurting and in, in a relationship like you may notice your pattern after that kind of just closing off and kind of just staying away from anything that you you might be able to like see someone but when it comes to like the seriousness of like going into a relationship that can be very very difficult um so I actually got therapy for it because I was like I don't want to like live my life like this I want to be able to love someone and feel vulnerable but obviously being vulnerable was a very hard space for me to be in at that point but when I went to therapy they talked about like my protector and my brain is trying to protect me from this pain and then you have to eat your protector and be like no everything is going to be okay and like especially like when you have the tools for a breakup after a bad breakup you have to tell yourself look it's going to be okay if we don't if we don't work out I'm going to be able to have the tools to deal with these things compared to like the last time um, and you have to sort of like self-soothe yourself into leaning into a relationship. And um, mm. so if you see yourself with these self-sabotaging pa- patterns, then I highly recommend doing better help or just therapy in general is just the most amazing thing. And it can lead you to amazing like things in your life, like an amazing relationship that I would have once passed by if I didn't probably go to therapy and learn all these things. So yeah, that's probably my advice on self-sabotage because I'm someone I'm a self-sabotager but I am a huge self-sabotager <laughs> yeah really good points yeah I think self-sabotaging it's I think one thing to, to to know is the hurt that you felt and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that it's it's normal to feel hurt right like that that part is completely understandable that that's like one of the most terrible things you can go through in in a relationship is to to feel so violated I think part of what can be so helpful is learning okay, I have this experience. And now when I'm getting close to something potentially similar, there's this discomfort and what do I do with it? And somewhere along the, uh, along the way we learn, okay, we'll just stop it. I'm not going to even let that be a possibility. I'm not going to put myself in that position again. But if we can work through that discomfort and do something different with the tools, with different coping strategies, with things that allow us to be maybe more present and mindful rather than kind of stuck in something that has happened already or something that has occurred from our past that, you know, it is like a scar that we carry really sitting with that discomfort and learning how to do that is is a really important skill. Amazing. And that is all for today, guys. Let us know how you enjoyed the episode. And if you have any more questions, um, make sure to send them to the Instagram at the Shanita podcast, or you can send them to uh, scenarios at com. And yeah, thank you so much.